She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Because I know that part of it's a daydream and I'm not getting the reality of it. And this podcast is a way for us to tell you what it would be like to do some of the stupid shit we actually most people dream about and then they're like no that's dumb and then we follow through with it and i feel like (laughs) yes and i why do we do that my attitude is always the most dangerous animal is the human you know i'll deal with bears and the wolves and things like that i'm not too worried about that it's the humans i'm scared of i'm i'm scared of the humans yes yeah, so get the mind. hell away from them <laughs> <laughs> Part of the reason we're living in a truck camper, it's not the only reason. It sounded like a good idea. It still kind of sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> the because... rolling of the... I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Halfway through the week, it came around again, and there's this voice that was like, hey, soon the retreat's over. What the fuck are you going to do? Where are you going to go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sleep on the side of the road. It's awful. And you still have two more nights of drinking ayahuasca. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey. We hope you realized all your goals in 2020. And yeah, maybe. Or, or we, we hope 2020 brought what it was supposed to bring you. That's probably much better. <laughs> and uh, we wish you we wish you all the best in 2021. Yay! May it be a wonderfully fulfilling year. And far out, too. And healing. Yeah. All the good things. All the good things. We love you. You yeah. deserve a good one. Yeah. This is a special episode. This is our first episode recording in Dorothy, our truck camper. And we're recording from New Mexico. Yay! And a lot of this episode is about transitioning into this lifestyle. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded. I know you hear us every week, but uh, um, it's been a few weeks since we've kind of started talking about things and there's been a lot of shenanigans and adventures. And uh, We needed to fill you up on like the first few weeks of living in this this thing because man, the transition has been a challenge. Yeah, we've resorted to, you know, we've actually seriously thought about maybe changing our legal last name to Dumas. (laughs) Uh, and so, <laughs> and so we, we've kind of gotten into this habit of uh, calling ourselves the Dumases. The Dumases go to New Mexico. The Dumases travel to Colorado. And it takes the edge off a little bit. Yeah. If you didn't know, Dumas is faux French for dumbass. No. <laughs> We're actually really considering changing it. Yeah, changing yeah. Names it's a good reminder it's a good, it's not a to good take one. ourselves too seriously. It's been hard, but we wanted to give you the, uh, the inside look at to, as to what this life looks like, especially when you're total noobs to it. Yeah, what is it like to hit the road in a truck camper and never come back? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah.
Far Out Journeyers. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alistair. Hello, Julie Roxanne. You may be wondering, I don't know, we'll have to see if this sounds a little different, um, because this is our first episode that we are recording out of Dorothy. Dorothy! Our beautiful truck camper. And we will also take this opportunity to say uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. We're still in the end of uh, 2020. As we record this, but we know you're going to listen to this in 2021. And we're sitting around our our little kitchenette table. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got a bowl with Palo Santo in it. We got a pumpkin spiced candle. I got a green tea, and you've got yourself a blood orange rooibos tea. From Trader Joe's. It's awesome. If you're in the US, get it. And we're sitting in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're south of Carlsbad, New Mexico. Yeah. For anyone who wants to look it up on the map. Yeah, it's... apparently there's a pretty interesting site here, the Carlsbad Caverns, which we're going to check out in the next couple of days. It's a national park, man. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know about it, but it's a national park. So we're kind of like in a dirt turnout, <laughs> and it's just desert scrub. Nothing that's grown, grown taller than like Maybe three feet high at the most. Couple a couple of Joshua trees yeah, that might be in the three feet high. Otherwise, and it's just flat to the horizon in almost every direction, except for one where there's a there's kind of that classic New Mexico like uh, table <sighs> or plateau, yeah. uh, which is really stunning as the sun sets because it sets in that direction. Uh, and you can uh, then there's a new moon, and we were just told that. Uh, what is it Mars and Saturn? I think that's the are way. very close right now, and they're getting closer and closer. And it's uh, it's the ne- the next time this will happen, where they kind of intersect and connect, is going to be eight hundred years from now. Yeah. So you have to wait a while if you so, want to see that again. If you missed it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we almost did. It's only because the lady told us about it, and we were like, "Oh, okay." So, and then it was pretty obvious when we were looking at the night sky, which, because there is no light pollution here, is insanely beautiful. It was nice. It, you can see the Milky Way. It's just, and it's so flat except for that sort of big mountain, sort of cliffy drop that you really get the sense you're in a dome and you just get the sky over it's beautiful it's mm. it's really beautiful so we're back we, <laughs> you know it doesn't it probably just feels like to you another week of far out but for us it's not because we recorded a bunch of episodes yeah in preparation for kind of the adventures we've been on the last couple of weeks because we knew we'd be off the grid it's been about three weeks since we've recorded so it's it for us it's it's a long time because i mean when you have a weekly podcast usually it's it's rare that you take that much time off i always wonder break. if i'm still gonna have the mojo when we take a break <laughs> like that you know <laughs> Yeah, I I think I've I've seen so many ups and downs in our mojo over the last few years <laughs> that I don't I I don't worry. It's like, hey, the mojo is going to leave whether you keep going regularly or not, and it's going to come back. One of the cool things about creating a habit like this, any habit, I think, a creative habit, is that it you can show up to it, and if you if you kind of if you water it, it also waters you in a way, mm. and so you. You know, whenever you return to it, there's like kind of a home there. It's yeah. a place you can come back to. Uh, I really enjoy that about the podcast. Yeah, I agree. And actually, it's really kind of, it feels very cozy and, and grounding to be recording our first episode in Dorothy, uh, in this new home of ours. We 
there's always resistance to getting back to something you haven't done in a while, but then you do it. It's like, oh, why was I resisting this? It's actually kind of nice. I'm sitting here with my husband. I'm drinking some tea, and I'm going to talk about the shenanigans we've been up to for the last three weeks. There's been a couple shenanigans, so we kind of want to catch you up. We thought this would be a good time yeah. because, you know, there's a lot of transitions in our life. And one of the things that's really great with the podcast is capturing these transitions at the moment because later on we get a little jaded or we get a little accustomed to it. And sometimes it's hard to remember what was fresh or yeah. surprising yeah. about it when you make the moves. And so a lot of times I really think kind of some of the crispest perspectives happen in those moments of transition between what was and what is. You you see things in a contrast that later on kind of dulls a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so we try to take advantage of that whenever we are in one of these transitions, whether it be spiritually, emotionally, physically, or whatever, or geographically, um, and, and try to take advantage of that and, and highlight the differences. And it feels important, I think, for us to arrive back in the podcast to fill the podcast in, like you as a listener, but also the podcast is this sort of like space that that we cultivate. We have to fill it in with what's been going on for the last three weeks. And because it's it, been really intense. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's part of the spirit of this podcast when we started, right? Which was to document our adventures. Yes. And I've always had this question that I think is part kind of bleeds into why I like to do this is I've always wondered, you know, I remember working at an office job that like stressed me out and stuff. And I always having that question of like, what would it be like if I just got a caravan and lived out in the woods? <laughs> you know, that just like, what would that be like? What would it really be like? Because uh -huh. I know that part of it's a daydream and I'm not getting the reality of it. And this podcast is a way for us to tell you what it would be like to do some of the stupid shit we actually, most people dream about. And then they're like, no, that's dumb. And then and, we follow through with it. And I feel like, I've, <laughs> yes. And I've, why do we do that? I don't know. I, what the fuck is this karma we've, we've, we've embraced or this dharma, whatever it is. But there is something is, and I think I've said this in the podcast before, but I I watch YouTube videos uh, uh, like that's one of my favorite things to do and and like follow people's lives. I get a lot of like value out of it. But people who document this sort of like van lifey kind of thing oftentimes make it extremely glamorous because that's what makes them views, right? Like that's the point. You do YouTube because you want to make money and da, 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 da. Or Instagram. Or Instagram. Or, and so it's very visually appealing and there's a lot of like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And and while that is, there is truth to that, I don't think they're like lying in any way because honestly, yesterday I was le leaving a voicemail to my friend and I stepped outside the caravan and I was like, taken aback by the beauty of the sunset so much so that on the voicemail I was like whoa uh oh I'm sorry I got stunned by the sunset it was beautiful I, I was on hold with Verizon oh my <laughs> god yes there you go thank you for bringing back the truth there's three hours on the three, phone three with Verizon on... and nothing's been solved yeah, trying to get more wi-fi because our life revolves around internet uh. and some reason we decided to park our ass out in the middle of the desert where we don't get internet and I had a small panic attack about this yesterday let's back up we'll get to the panic attack no but yeah it, it's so we've been at this for three weeks we've we left and I, this will give you a hint as to when we're recording this but we left 
California on December 1st, which I think is pretty cool because then it's easy to remember December 1st. We yeah, left. It was a really Tuesday. Yeah. It was a Tuesday. And uh, we basically had five days to make it to Colorado, which is where we were going to attend an ayahuasca retreat, which was going to be our first one in five months. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know by now that part of the reason we've, we're here and doing this life is because we wanted to keep studying the medicine with people that we trust and love. And so we we made that move for that. So it was really a huge deal to start driving in our new portable motor home and get to a retreat. Yeah, and it's been about five months in the making. Yeah. Right? About a month in Guatemala where we started sketching out the plan. And then, you know, the last four months actually uh, executing it yeah. uh, in San Jose and, and kind of preparing for this lifestyle. And uh, we took we took kind of the long route to Colorado. Uh, we went through New Mexico. We stopped in Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Man, New Mexico is... Uh, so he, here's something that's pretty cool. Like, let's just kind of tally up the cool things. I never thought I would experience the U.S. in such an intimate way. Because it's not just experiencing the landscapes, which is awesome. Like, it, I mean, New Mexico. Guys, New Mexico. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Also bitterly cold. Freezing cold. Yeah. Man, that high desert. Yeah. Woo! Reminds that... me of uh reminds me of some places in, in Nepal near the Tibetan border uh. that I had spent time. I mean that's another definitely another world, but it gives me the same feel of that, yeah. like that high plateau, windy wind swept plains and yeah. like snow never leaves kinda <laughs> kinda feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and and it was really cool. And what's also really cool is this, the, in the experiencing things, so yes, the landscape, but also experiencing the vibe and, and sort of experiencing the people there, you know, like for instance, we've been going through a lot of really out there places. There's a lot of Trump flags. The other day, what did you see? The, the... Uh, you know, I mean, maybe this isn't new to a lot of people. Some yeah, people yeah, yeah. listening to this depends where you are, but like we're at the gas station filling up in, in kind of border town between New Mexico and Texas. And the guy's sitting with his, you know, big cowboy hat. He, or he's standing actually. He's got jeans on next to his truck and he's casually talking to someone while holding a rifle. <laughs> and it's just like, no, nah, I've never seen that in California. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the parts of California I live in. Yeah, it, it's yeah. an education in that way. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's really what a privilege to to get to see so many of these things that you know you hear about, and it's a it's a whole different game when you're. In the presence of it. And it feels really significant to me because moving back to the U.S., I mean, I've been back a couple of times, but this is the first time I've lived in the U.S., like with the intention of staying here for four and a half years uh, when I when I first left yeah. uh, and started traveling. And so it feels like such a privilege to come back and really explore uh, parts of my country for the first time. Yeah. Um, it feels, it's, it's very interesting to you do that. You had never been to New Mexico, right? I had never been to New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. And only, you know, briefly had I been to Colorado or Arizona on, you know, for particular trips where you don't really see much other than what you're there to do yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, this is, this is a really fantastic education for me as an American. Mm. Yeah, and so we traveled for the the whole five days. I mean, the, on the fourth day, we made it pretty close to where we were uh, supposed to be in Colorado, which was between Colorado Springs and Denver. And it was 
it was really cool to arrive in Colorado because we had it was like cold, but it was really sunny. There was no snow yet, uh, and. Man, those five days of driving were such a difficult journey already, just figuring out where to sleep every night and, and, and myself battling with feeling unsafe, sleeping in places I don't know. That's been a huge theme of these first few weeks living in this, in this camper. Especially if we arrive after dark. Oh my God. It's terrifying. Like you, you imagine this. You are leaving a home or somewhere, you know, and then after like you you have all these comforts and stuff and then you get thrown in a life where you're driving six to eight hours a day and here for the record i have to say alster's driving because i cannot drive at the moment my driver's license is not valid in this country the drive days are really about we're about 12 hours but they're six to eight hours of actual driving and And then then everything is cooking lunch filling up gas doing kind of other things and there was so much to figure out like we had to do our first dumping of uh on the road like dumping of our gray and black water tanks and man we we we've never owned an rv we've never i've never even driven a truck before yeah (laughs) it's it's a lot to figure out it's it it, it just takes so much time and i think for me one of the most frustrating things on these days of travel was google maps would tell us it would be five hours or you know and then and then it would take us 10 between the the breaks the the lunch the taking the time you know sometimes we'd just start driving with a hot drink and then we'd stop for breakfast and then we'd stop for lunch later on and Dorothy moves slow she's uh she's a slow gal also i was pretty uh terrified the first time i saw i, I calculated our our mileage oh um God. because in the beginning we This has been a science. We've been getting better at it. Um, But in the beginning, she was clocking eight miles per gallon. Mm. And God, was that expensive when we were in California. (laughs) Yeah, when we arrived in Arizona and then New Mexico, it was like, whoa, gas stations are so cheap. Oh, my God. We've gotten it up. We're now at around 10 and a half, 11 miles per gallon. And and the trick seems to be that we just need to drive slower because of wind resistance. Yeah. Um, so Alistair is getting really good at, at, at keeping the mileage, you know, decent enough that we can, <laughs> if bear you can call with... 11 miles per gallon decent. Well, when you see how much weight we're carrying, we, what are we at? Like 10,000 11, pounds? Or, yeah. yeah. So Almost like 11,000. Yeah. So it's, it's, she's a big gal. She's yeah. a slow moving gal. Yeah. We need to respect that. But the truck handles really well. We've had a couple of kind of shenanigans that uh, have happened in the beginning. Uh, the first, one of them they're, is that... They're not resolved, by no, the way. That no. <laughs> That's the other thing is we moved into this life and, you know, we've gotten some flack for it. Well-deserved, I think, is like we've never done anything like this before. And we went first off going into it full time. Yeah. And then we decided, hey, let's drive to Colorado in December at, you know, the sun's almost at its lowest point. Yeah. Right. Like we're just a few days from the winter solstice at yeah. this point. You may not realize, but there are problems when you don't have a lot of sun in the day. Like, for example, just... You have to find a parking spot if you want to find a place to park before night by like four in the afternoon. Which which, is ridiculous when you're trying to cover ground. It's like it's four. And especially because it's hard to wake up really early in Albuquerque, which is like (laughs) sub-zero. It went to like, I think we saw it at like 15 in the, the, that morning when we drove out of Yeah, so not sub-zero. but And that's when our pipes froze for the first time. Yeah. So this has been a learning kind of experience of like, oh, we have to keep the furnace on. Not just when we're in it. We have to keep the furnace on all the time yeah. when it's freezing. Otherwise, our pipes might freeze. And I think we've frozen our pipes three different times. One time we didn't have water till the afternoon. Luckily, I don't think we've done any damage. Um, thank God. But... 
We'll see. We'll, we'll catch you up on that. We're yeah. not sure yet. Yeah, there might be an update in a couple of weeks when we try the water heater for the first time. <laughs> but so, so we've frozen the pipes a few times. It's been a learning lesson. I think because I, the reason why that happened is I didn't really think about it. We have a four season camper, so I kind of thought like, oh, whatever, they're, they're insulated, they'll be fine. But so what that means if, is that every part of the water system is inside the camper. There's no tank underneath the like underneath the camper that's exposed to the outside. But if which, you which don't, you, you pay for in storage space. By yes. Doing that, yes. But, but if you don't, if you let the temperature in the camper go down, <laughs> they will still freeze, right? Like they, yeah. there's not, they're not in a special heated compartment that is heated all the time. That's so right, Sherlock. When, when <laughs> <laughs> but when we were in Albuquerque, I think I reverted back to my like trekking the Himalayas self, yeah. where I was like, I could totally sleep in the in a freezing temperature. I don't care. We'll just pull out the sleeping bags. And then we slept really cozy. Oh, we slept it was, great. We had tons of like blankets and stuff and beanies and it was great. And then when we woke up, there was ice inside the camper. Not just inside the camper. It was about a foot uh, over over our heads <laughs> on the ceiling. There was there was ice. And we're like, okay, this is probably not good. Not and to we mention, didn't well, think about the pipes until we yeah. tried to use our water at the gas station a few hours later and I opened the, the thing. Oh, water's not running, Alistair. I think we might have froze the pipes. And this might sound obvious to you listening, but there's a lot of details to this life that you just don't think about until you're in it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's a little too late. Yeah. And but, but 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 I will say this: my experience in life so far, which is fresh and young and youthful, um, is that you know if we knew all the things in advance, we wouldn't do it. You know, like we have to have some sort of like stupid ignorant yeah. ignorance and just like be you know oh we'll figure it out it'll be fine you know and then you just deal with the mistakes you make. Well, I am uh, I'm starting to realize the the amount of stupid ignorance we've had. <laughs> so much, man. But I think you're totally right. I think that's that's the case with a lot of these kind of adventures, right? Whatever a, a lot of adventures in our lives, and often the best ones is if you knew what it was going to entail you would never have started. Yes. And so you there's almost a skill to not knowing too much. Yes. If you're really good, you know you want to commit to something, right? And to some degree, there's only so much you can know in advance. We did tons and tons and tons of research before we left. And there is a point where you get so in your head and the energy is so stuck up there that you can't move anymore. You're frozen in place and you just have to fucking go. You have to go. And... And yeah, and it's almost like there's a switch that turns off or switches where it's like you get to 80 or 90 percent ready. Right. And you you feel like you're not totally ready, but there's a switch that goes off in your head. I've had this happen several times in my life. It's like you need to go. You need to get out of here. If you keep trying to plan, it is now procrastinating. Yeah. You have crossed the the boundary. And you know, if you're honest, with if, if, if you listening are in a situation like this, you know exactly when you've crossed there's that an line. inside alarm you know yeah, you yeah, know yeah you might want to pretend to you don't, <laughs> exactly. you, and i will say this i've learned more about this lifestyle in two weeks of living it than in four months of preparing for it totally and i think that's just one of those truths of life and it, you know one thing i didn't expect well i kind of expected it because we've had a taste of it albeit very different with the caravan in france 
And for those who don't know, we had a trailer that we renovated and it was parked on a piece of land. We were not driving it around. We had no gray and black water system. We were, you know, using a composting. So it was a whole different ball, ball game. But one thing I didn't expect is how everything takes longer in this life. Yeah. It's, it's partly because the space is smaller. Uh, it's partly because you want to be conservative with resources. So like we don't have a dishwasher. So like Alistair spends time and energy doing the dishes every time, which I'm really grateful for because I hate doing it. Also, we have a 30 gallon water tank and yeah. we've found out that that's really, we, you know, we were worried about it being power. That was the thing that was going to, you know, have us coming back to civilization. No, it's water. Yeah. It's, it's water. And that's good because uh, if you come back, if you're, if you're on your own in a place you know no one, it's easy to find water. It's not, not easy, easy to, to find a plain yeah. place to plug in, like unless for free, let's say. Yeah. If you wanted, you could pay for an RV park. But so far, we have, uh, we've got about 400 watts of solar and two lithium uh, batteries, Battleborns. That's about 200 uh, amp hours of usable energy. And we don't even have it totally operational. We've only had it 75% operational. Um, we're missing a couple parts we need to replace. And it's been more than enough, even in winter so far. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been really great. That's a bit of a relief because we were worried about that. Yeah. Um, and and what's what's great was great is that we're we're sort of still fresh transitioning from the over planning to the actually just experiencing life and dealing with it every day as it comes. And so Alistair, when he realized that we had enough solar power and that we probably had more than enough at this stage, went from, oh, my God, we're not going to have enough solar to power our life to realizing we had enough and then thinking, oh, did we install too big a solar system? <laughs> and then just like, ah, <laughs> just, it a, never stops. It never stops. The mind is hard to. This is a curse of being an INTJ <laughs> in particular is that I'm always trying to optimize. And I like, you know, Maybe I, if I've gone overboard or underboard, I'm always trying to just dial it in. Always. Plus, man, that solar system was expensive. <laughs> it was. It was worth it, but expensive. Well, I think I think we'll find it will be worth Speaking it. Speaking of the solar system, oh. this was another one of the shenanigans that happened. Is uh, we arrived in Colorado and we're still kind of getting our bearings, and we had to pull into a campsite at night, and so. It was a trailhead in a forest. Um, in it a was little... glorious. It was beautiful. There were deer yeah. like outside the camper. And... It was great. And uh, we were pulling into the campsite and we heard a crash. And we were just like, what was that? And then we just backed up a little bit. Realized it was a branch. Realized it was a branch from a tree that I couldn't see because it's dark. And then kind of drove on our way and then parked a little further along. And got out and was like, you know, I'm just gonna check on the roof. I was I was really relieved at that point because it seemed like we didn't hurt the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so I went up to check on the roof, just like, you know, let's just make sure everything's all right. And one of our solar panels is missing. Oh my god. When he oh. said that it was like such a blow to the heart. That night was awful. It was, and this was after like a twelve hour drive. And this was the day after we woke up in like fifteen degree weather in Albuquerque before sunrise <laughs> to get a jump on the day. So it was a really long day already. And then we had knocked off one of our freshly installed solar panels which literally had been on for just a few days. And I ran back and uh, found the panel. So the branch was okay, <laughs> but the solar the, panel was not. No. Well, the solar panel actually, actually the, was okay. Yeah, cosmetic damage only, really. 
it's pretty incredible. It took like a, I it don't know, fell it took a 12 foot fall yeah. um, and a blow from a tree branch. And uh, all we, we definitely ripped up our roof a little bit and damaged a couple connections, but um, actually it's going to be okay. We're going to be able to, it's probably going to take us a month to get the parts we need and, <laughs> and reinstall it on the roof. So right now we're traveling with it on the bed. And <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's like as if this life isn't like demanding enough in terms of all the tiny little things you need to do before you drive, when you settle down, like all these like stupid stuff that you have to think about. And, and we're definitely skipping over about five hours of panic and depression. <sighs> it and was, it was the, the, It was so awful to be in such a small space with someone who was having such a bad time. Like, I wasn't happy about the panel falling down. It was awful. But Alistair really took it hard, which makes sense. He's been driving for 12 hours. And the only reason we were at that trailhead is because I got too freaked out to camp at the slightly upper above Like, there was another place we could have camped at that had no trees. And that was partly the reason why I didn't want to camp there. Because I wanted to have the feeling of being protected by trees and sort of, like, surrounded. And oh, uh, you were surrounded, all right. Yeah, uh, it was hard. He, it was. I. I have a lot of appreciation for the ways we're able to recognize when we're angry and when we want to direct that anger at the other person and that we try not to because yeah. that would be so counterproductive and like I could hear that it was just a lot of anger and and I tried to be out of the way but man I was like state of shock after this happened it and this was all fresh fun. off you know if you listen to episodes ago you can hear the whole horror story with getting these panels installed oh, in the first place yeah. so to have one ripped off within days and then the fact that you're gonna have to I mean, this is a big solar panel and there's nowhere to put it. So yeah. it's like now it's in our kitchen or it's in our bedroom. I know. Um, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but, you know, all's well that ends well. I think my yeah. grandpa said that. Uh, I think this is going to end well. Yeah. yeah. It's a French thing. Tout est bien qui finit bien. There you go. The same in French. Uh, yeah. but and, and so this happened the day before we showed up for our retreat, for which we were trying to prepare because we knew we were not going to be able to uh, leave once we were parked there because we were, um, you know, as you, as if you've listened to our Exploring Ayahuasca series, you know what those retreats look like. You're here for a week. You have four ceremonies of ayahuasca ceremonies. And we were also doing the shamanic dieta, which is like a protocol where you eat very bland food, no touching. It's like no kind sex, of no the monk's path within the kind of retreat, the ayahuasca retreat world. Yeah. So. And it's a really critical part of being a student, which is what we are wanting to do. And we dieted Blue Lotus. And so all that to say, we needed to be ready yeah. to be there for a week. So and, we, and this goes back to that, like... You know, how could you make it more difficult? Oh uh, jumping into this life full time, going to Colorado in the middle of winter, and then mixing your head up with a bunch of ayahuasca for a week. <laughs> it, it, it's a formula for uh, a really exciting and challenging first couple weeks. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I think that's what I realized after. Like, you know, we've been out of the retreat for less than a week, almost a week. And that's what I've realized is, my God, we didn't make this easy. And if anything, we made it really hard. But at the same time, that retreat was sort of our 
thing that made us leave. It was the deadline because as otherwise, when you're in those stages of getting ready to leave, you can stay forever. There's always a reason to stay. Yeah. It's always super hard to leave. And so like a hot shower. Yeah, <laughs> man. And, and, you know, we left, we left early December, like we did Thanksgiving, but then we could have said like, oh, let's just stay for Christmas. And right. then it would have been wonderful too, but we had to leave. That was not the path. We were not meant to be there for six months. And I mean, a critical part of going on any adventure is stepping out the front door. It's like maybe the most important part. It's the most <laughs> difficult part. Like yeah, if, it's if, hard. if you've ever, I think one equivalent to this that comes to mind is uh, finding a therapist. It's like mm-hmm. what's hard is not finding the therapist. It's, it's admitting you need one. Mm-hmm. And like that's the first, like that's the first step. And usually therapists say, if you're here, you've done 51% of the work. I say that all the time. I'm not a therapist, but I say that all the time when I work with people coaching. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So the 51% was getting out the front door and that carrot dangling of, of retreat and dieta in Colorado was the thing that made us step out. So I'm grateful, but it was really, really hard. So that, that last day before we showed up, uh, we took it kind of slow in the morning. We had to, you know, deal with the fact there was a solar panel in our, in our camper when we woke up and it was, it, we, we I had to know. seal the roof because it was going to snow and yeah. It was, There's always something. There's always something more. You know, I heard people say that, yeah. that had had campers and yeah, stuff. So like, yeah, yeah. There's always something more to stops. do. Yeah, which it never stops. Yeah. Like which that. is really an interesting lesson. Uh, to be honest, because I, I mean, I think this is a very human thing, but I'm, I'm very like that, which is, I like the list to be done. I like the things to be checked off. And in this life, what I'm learning already, and I'm trying to make peace with that because I don't think it's not, it's going to change. It's every t- every time you think you've crossed one thing off, there's another thing that pops open one of the things that happened as well when we were driving is uh we realized a couple of times and usually after we fueled up gas but not like every time after we fueled up we were leaking gas out of the tank like a considerable amount at times too a couple times people pointed it out to us at a gas station Uh, another thing we haven't sorted out other than we've made sure it's not critical yeah um, but it seems to be like a high gas leak so like if you're on an incline uh, there's something about when our tank is full and i think when we're pointed in a certain direction when it's not super level uh we tend to leak maybe like a quart or a liter i don't know how much of gas. yeah it's pretty it's it's enough that you get terrified when you see it happen um, so and it's pretty freaky. I mean, you just put gas and you spend good money on that gas <laughs> yeah. and then it drips on the floor. What the fuck, man? No! It's like Dorothy is already thirsty as hell as it is. We don't need to be leaking <laughs> gas on top of that. My God. So that was, and, and I mean, when we noticed it the first time, I was like, oh, okay. Let's, re- let's find a mechanic. Let's find something. Like, what do we do? And it's uh, that I think is one of the things that's hitting me the hardest about this life. And that has been the challenging point is there is a sense of really far out there. Like you're on your own, like to some degree, it's like, no, we're not because we've had so much already, like people showing solidarity and support on the way. And I know that we have places to go back to, and I know we're not alone, but when you're in like, I don't know, like at the border between California and Arizona, you don't know anyone there. And you realize on the parking lot of the Costco <laughs> that the gas is leaking. You're like, who the fuck do I call? Dad! Yeah, I know. And that was, Manon, 
Nah, and it's like she's in France, you sucker. <laughs> she can't help you. Like, what, what are you doing? So that's 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 the hard thing. And I find it, it comes up a lot when we're parked somewhere at night and I'm freaked out. And I just you want I want to call my parents. <laughs> I want someone to come and rescue me. I think this is one of those. This is a classic lesson, though, in any kind of traveling. I mean, I, I remember learning this a lot of different ways when I was traveling alone uh, in Europe and Asia. Is it teaches you to be humble and ask for help. Like, you know, when you have those things, it, it really forces you to reach out and, and talk to people. Like, I remember I had to talk to the gas attendant and, you know, different. Th- but you, if you, you kind of have to not hide from it and you have to say, hey, look, I'm having a hard time. I need some help. And a lot of magical things can happen from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems to be a perennial lesson in travel is like, you got to trust other people. You got to reach out for help. Life is a lot better. It's a lot richer when you do. Yeah, I really liked when you went and asked the gas attendant because she pointed us to an interesting thing. Like, because we had we had it happen once, and then we had it happen again, and it was nighttime parking lot Costco again a different parking this lot this was actually right Costco. before we ripped the solar panel off our roof oh my god that Same was day. such a terrible evening uh, and and after wondering where we're gonna sleep for three hours you know like that's that's the other part because you can't just pull up every anywhere and then sleep well, I guess you could to some degree. Is there there are a good amount of places, but it's not very pleasant sleeping to do that, though. Yeah, it's not. I mean, we had an experience sleeping uh, on the on the street in Colorado Springs in like a residential area, and it was awful. I slept. It was awful. I couldn't get to real good sleep until like one a.m. because cars were going by, and kept imagining all sorts of terrible things that might happen. That someone was going to come and like harm us or harm the camper. Like my imagination goes crazy wild in these situations and if you've listened to our welcome to l-town episode you'll understand why yeah this is why uh we got a windshield uh cover for dorothy <laughs> so for the truck or, or you know like a sunshade and it's a huge bald eagle and american flag it's and, beautiful yeah we love it and, <laughs> and the reasoning for this the, kind of seriously the motivation behind this was do you see that uh sunshade on a truck I'm thinking you're packing heat. You're packing heat. I'm not going to mess with someone who's got that kind of windshield. Some, some, no we way. Are, not unless yeah. I'm willing to get shot. Someone, you know? someone suggested we get an NRA sticker for the for the yeah. back of the truck. I don't think that I, was bad. I, I, I don't think it was bad, but I had to draw the line. That's <laughs> bad juju. It's bad mojo. I don't want to have that on. I don't know. I'm still up for it. <laughs> I'm, I might change my mind, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's been that's been a huge adjust, adjustment. Like sleeping in strange places that that I don't know and that I will not get to know because we're only passing through. This, we has, actually... been, this has been harder for you than for me because uh, I was yeah. doing that for like a year. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, on my own, camping in different places and stuff. So I think I, I've had my kind of boot camp with and that experience. That's actually been one of the things that's been that made it harder is because of the discrepancy between our experiences and our fears, right? Like you are okay and I'm not, and you would have like, that's been a conversation that happens over and over again. We actually recently sort of solved, I think, or found a a, a good hack for that. Truck stops. Yeah. Sleeping at truck stops. We did it one night. Best night of sleep. We had a nice meal, watched a movie because we had good internet. And, and then, then and then you fall asleep to the drone of <laughs> ten different trucks running there. 
<laughs> they're years. here. Yeah, but I think honestly, that's that's a big thing for me is finding places where other people are sleeping because then I feel a sense of safety. This is it's just so opposite my logic because my logic has been exactly the, the the other side, which is find places no one else is. Yeah, like that's how that's. I tend to and be that, like, just hearing you say that. I got the drip of anxiety started again. <laughs> my attitude is always the most dangerous animal is the human. Mm, you know, I, yeah. I'll deal with bears and the wolves and things like that. I'm not too worried about that. It's the humans I'm scared of. I'm I'm scared of the humans. Yeah, but so my get the mind, hell away from them. <laughs> <laughs> my mind is like, if I'm alone, if a human comes, I'm fucked. If I'm not alone and a human comes, there are other humans that I can call for help. Yeah, it's, it's primates evolved for that reasoning, Alistair. Like that's how we survive. I don't know. I think these are just different strategies. Maybe one's not better than the other. We'll see. But we, you know, another thing we did that helped was we actually played out the scenarios. Okay, what if someone tries to rob the cab at the truck? Mm. What if someone tries to get into the uh, camper? Yeah. yeah. And you know, at this point, we're not carrying a gun around. It's illegal to carry a gun across state lines. Yeah. Um, but we are carrying pepper spray, and we've kind of figured out what we're going to do. And Honestly, this has been my feeling. It's like, you'd have to be pretty crazy. And definitely there are a few of those people out there, but that's just life, right? Yeah. There are some psychopaths out there and that, that makes life kind of... Yeah, unpredictable. Unpredictable. But, you know, they're pretty far and few between. That's pretty rare. And most people have some sense. They don't want to, you know, even a, even a criminal is going, to, is going to be calculating. Yeah. And if you're looking at a truck camper, which has a sunshade of a bald eagle ah! and a American flag, just remember that part... <laughs> And it's not easy to get in there. And you don't know what you're going to be facing when you get in totally. there. And on our side, uh, it's pretty awkward. Like if someone were to come in, right? And you're a pepper spray. Well, and and the other person goes for the phone. And if you have two people, that's really, it's a yeah. really difficult situation to manage as someone, wh whatever you're trying to do. It's just unlikely. I'm not saying it's not possible, but in my mind, this is one of the things that helps is just, having a plan for like what you're going to do in that kind of situation yeah. and realizing that most sane people, even if they are criminals or, or want something from you are unlikely to take the risks that would entail. Yes. And that is a very easy conversation <laughs> to have in the daylight yeah, and think with your rational mind. And then you get to nighttime and you hear, you're here like cars passing on the side of your truck camper because you're parked on the residential area in Colorado Springs. And all of a sudden it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. But you know, I know I get burned on this a couple of times, like the story the other week around the solar panels and the, and the electrician that kind of did us wrong and, you know, the L-Town episode yeah. that you're referring to. Mistakes happen, but I still have not been shaken from the attitude of it's worth it to trust people. Like, I, I'm not saying... I, I do think I can fall into a naive trust that, that can be a little... You can put yourself in a bad situation, right? Yeah. But in general, I think it's wor better to trust people and I, th I think the middle point between our two attitudes is what leads to a good life. Yeah. And I think that's why we've been, ever since we've been on the road, it's been a constant process of grappling with how do you deal with it? How would I deal with it? Let's find a common ground. Let's find, because I, I mean, when, before you met me, you were camping in, in, in like trails that you didn't know on the site, like in the forest. I'll and, be the first and, to say part, sometimes it was reckless. Yeah. Right? And like, so like, and that's, I'm not, I can't do that. Like, I'm not willing to go there. But at the same time, I understand that I, 
that I, w- I wouldn't want, even I, even though for the safety, it sounds nice. I wouldn't want to sleep at camp, paying campgrounds and RV parks every night when we're traveling. And, and, and it's not part of our night. financial plan no, either, either. Right. Like, because to be honest, part of the reason we're living in a truck camper, it's not the only reason it sounded like a good idea. It's still kind of sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> the because, rolling of the, I don't know, maybe. Honestly, it was one of the ways that we could afford to come back to the U.S. and continue to kind of do the apprenticeship we want to do, which also requires investment, mm-hmm. and also, like, live the lives you want to live and work on the businesses we want to live. I mean, this this is the thing. It's like, it comes with compromises. You know, I, I think people sometimes... It's funny because lately we've been visiting some of my friends, my old kind of college and high school friends. And, you know, it's it's an interesting contrast because a lot of them have houses and they have babies. Right. Yeah. And so it's a real big contrast of like, whoa, I went a different way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like my, my house is this truck camper and I'm like literally sleeping, you know, going into million dollar homes that my friends have. And so that definitely like kind of sobers you up a little bit and makes yeah. you realize the choices you're making. And, and you know, I, st- I stand by them. I don't regret them. But on the other side, I think a lot of times what is reflected back to me about what's great about our life is the flexibility, the mobility of it, the adventure of it. Freedom. The, 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 the kind of meaning, the fact that we seem, we have a purpose that we're moving toward, right? As, as messy as it is, like there's, our life is saturated with meaning. If it's only the meaning of where are we going to sleep next night, it's an exciting life. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot more than that, right? We, we're studying a, um, a medicine that we think is incredible and powerful and is teaching us all these things about ourselves. And we're working on businesses that uh, sin- are sincerely about serving and helping other people mm-hmm. and kind of and and connecting our strengths and passions to ways that we can actually help others. This this is a meaningful life. Yeah. I mean, this is. I remember dreaming about having such a life when I was twenty four, but way too scared to take it. You know, yeah. and these are some of the compromises of for us. You know, everyone has their own way, and I'm not saying it has to be this way for everyone. But mm-hmm. for us, this is what it costs to go down this path. Yeah, and it's a beautiful, exciting path. I, I, the the memories, the stories we've had from the last four years have been incredible, but it's also harrowing. Uh, inherently uncertain, switches on a dime, is is very shaky at times. And then there are just the days, like yesterday for me, for example, where you kind of lose yourself a little bit and you can get, it can get scary because it's like, what am I doing out here? You know, you know, those days where you're just like a little disconnected from that confidence you normally have, right? Or whatever, that sense, that centeredness. And when you're living a life like this and that happens and you're out in the desert in New Mexico in a truck camper that like is super small and you have a certain amount of water, you don't have any internet, like it can be a little freaky and you're just like, what am like, what am I doing? Where, where are we going with this? Yeah. Um, so it does, it does get a little like, you know, it it has its moments where, where it's a little freaky. I think the one thing I can say about our lives is that one constant that I'm seeing is that we seem to be cranking up the intensity a bit more every time with every leap that we're taking and like this particular leap i mean so just going back sort of the timeline because that's always really helpful for me we sat on our retreat for for a week which um i mean it was great it was great to reconnect with the medicine challenging uh great really happy we reconnected with uh with our people and it was just like 
really good and also wow so challenging like a lot of challenges about halfway through the week like so we arrived and I was like cool we're here for a week we're parked somewhere for a week we're not gonna move and I have to figure out where we're gonna sleep and then halfway through the week it came around again and there's this voice that was like hey soon the retreat's over what the fuck are you gonna do where are you gonna go I don't know I don't don't want to sleep on the side of the road we've lost the solar panel and you know like it's awful and you still have two more nights of drinking ayahuasca I know I know no but yeah it, it, it it it, it was it was great and it was challenging and then we came out of it and it was extremely challenging because we didn't have a set plan which was great because it led to us having a really fun weekend after that like hanging out with friends and stuff but if we had planned we would not have had that happen and then and then just the no planning makes it really makes everything really intense because and it reminds me of how much uh, how it was when we were traveling in Asia and how it was when I was traveling back then and I didn't expect it would feel that way it's funny because we are traveling we're in a camper we're going through the country and yet I didn't expect it would feel so similar we're kind of going with the wind on to some degree. We have some plans for the next year, but like we're in this, well, for 2021, as you're listening to this, but we have like a, there's been, there's this time in between and then there's Christmas and we were like, what are we doing? And so it, it, it's been really challenging. And where I'm trying to get at with this is with the intensity just being cranked up, the roller coaster is intense. It's like I will wake up in the morning and get the the most vibrant, like, life is our oyster, we can do anything, the sun is shining, it's bright, we're young, yes! And I, I will, like, just feel that with the intensity that comes with it. And it will be wonderful, and then without a warning, it'll just drop, and I'll go into the depth of despair, or, oh my god, we're ne- we're homeless, we're like we're like hobos. We're never gonna get anywhere. We're go around telling people we know what the fuck we're doing, and we don't actually know. It was like, and that's that's the reality. That's been what it's been like. It's just this intense roller coaster, and I have to, I have to believe if I want to keep you know doing it. I have to believe that it, the positive, like the the beautiful experiences will outweigh the really like challenging ones and then i will learn from the challenging ones and that maybe it settles in a little bit you know in another way too i think of like a metaphor that rumi uses a lot which is the one in a spiritual context of cooking like you know kind of before the student is ready he has to cook he has uh, to be put in the pot and uh-huh. cooked. And it's only when he becomes more tender and, like, kind of the flavors, like, open up, you know, that he's actually ready for yeah. for illumination or whatever, right? Yeah. And maybe this is us cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've been cooking for a long time already, Look, man. You know, I remember when I was, like, 24 or 25, and I was, I was, you know, working in a business, and I was doing great for myself. And But I would see these people that... You know, I think we've all run into them that are really living their life, right? In a way where, like, yeah. it's, you know, you know the sign of it because it's absolutely unique to them. Yeah. It's like, it, they're fit for it, right? And it's like, and you also get this question of, like, how did you get there? Yeah. And, there, and there's no formula. It's not like, okay, this is how you climb up the corporate ladder or this yeah. is how you become yeah. a lawyer. It's a completely, 
you can't know the path. The person has walked their own path, yes, right, to get there, and that's a very unique and and um, individual path. But you can see, I think we can all recognize when we see someone who's done that, yes, right. And like I they're remember, like they glow. Yeah, you they wanna, glow. You 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 feel called to you feel attracted to them. I and think. and I and sometimes I'd want to like unpack how they get there, and you just realize, wow, they really had to just go on faith because. Almost inevitably, when I've asked people about how they got there, it, there's always been at least one, but usually many things they never could have planned or saw that got them there, right? Yes. Helping hands, intersections, whatever. Like, there were things that connected. Or, or maybe they failed at something and then they ended up somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. It's par for the course. You have, like, it is turbulent. And everyone that I saw that was living the kind of life that I envied, that I that I really respected and and wanted to work toward but was kind of still hadn't really gone on that journey yet yeah had gone through those kind of challenges and they're all unique to this particular situation mine won't be yours and ours won't be anyone listening right yeah they're individual to you they're your own dragons your own demons they're the own bridges your own bridges that you have to cross right but we see I think we all can recognize the people that have gone on that journey and yeah. gone on that path. And I think the one one place I find a lot of encouragement in this life is like over these last five years, particularly, um, and especially since I, I met you, I feel like I'm I'm going through my own gauntlet. You know, I'm I'm cooking. I'm go. I'm following this path, and part of it is having faith, and part of it is accepting the fact that I cannot plan for it completely or predict it and and i just have to go into it and it's got a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs yeah um and so far i think it's absolutely worth it and i'm really excited about where it might take us some some days i'm terrified some days i'm ecstatic about it but overall it has purpose and it has meaning and i'm excited about it i think this is a good place to end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I totally agree with everything you said and I also but and I just want to say for the record that it is the work I think the work resides in remembering everything you just said on the days where you're really just spending the entire day wondering why are we doing this what is the deal we're in the middle of nowhere with no one we know around why are we doing this? This this is too hard. This is too much. Why? And and you ha- understanding that you can be with that doubt and despair and lack of faith and still maintain an overarching sense of faith. I and, and I think so this hard. is almost where purpose comes from. It's like when you know those shining lights are kind of often sparked by going through these kind of, this turmoil, right? This inner turmoil and and. It's not like you find it and then you just kind of follow it. It's like, it's almost like you build it or develop it through the challenges you go through. We all know what it's like when something becomes more meaningful because of the challenges we've had to go through to to realize it. And I think that's like a definitely an aspect of, of any journey. It's been great to have you here in the camper with us. <laughs> Welcome. I hope you'll stay a while. Yeah, it's nice. There's actually not a lot of room, so maybe get your own. <laughs> or, you know, just keep listening. You're here, you're here in spirit. We're, we love you. We love you. If you want to support this podcast, there's a few ways you can do it. 
Yeah, the first is by supporting us over on Patreon, www.patreon slash thefaroutcouple. Patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> Patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. Yeah, so you can support us over there. Every dollar helps us immensely, as you can tell. It does. It does. <laughs> We live in a camper. You don't know how much we have to spend on gas. <laughs> we're try- we're going to do our best to report from the road, but if you want the report from the road, we need we to need be gas. on the road. We need gas. <laughs> the other way you can support us is by sharing this conversation Yay. with someone who will enjoy it. Yay. And finally, you can leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. That is actually really cool. And then we'll read your review online and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you a big hug, a big virtual hug on the podcast. All right. Until next you. time. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>